it was, you know, I would say the final hurdle was the fear. Oh my God, what happens if I go to university and I don't get a job? Oh my God, what are my friends going to think when I finally tell them? Because I chose not to tell them at the time. What if it all fails? Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the student lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This podcast is brought to you by Feed Ignite. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast Series. My name's Camilla and I'm a future training solicitor and current LPC student. In today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Darren Carey, a future trainee solicitor at Freshfields and a former detective constable with 13 years experience in the police force. Darren and I will be discussing how he successfully changed careers and leveraged his past experiences to land four vacation scheme offers and ultimately two training contract offers. So without further ado, let's welcome Darren onto the show. Welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast, Darren. Thank you for having me, Camilla. Really appreciate you inviting me to be on the uh, podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. Um, Before we get started, I wondered if you could give the listeners a bit of an overview about your career history. Yeah, certainly. So uh, I wouldn't consider myself uh, a traditional applicant um, when it comes to seeking a career within the law. So a bit of background, I'm 34 years old, uh, final year student at LSE Law uh, and a future trainee at Freshfields. Um, A bit of background about me, I guess. Yes. So um, I went to regular state school, got my GCSEs, but I never went to college or anything like that. Uh, I worked for a few years uh, doing bits and bobs in retail and such, I would say sort of the usual jobs that you do when you're young. But at the age of 20, I applied to and joined the police. And from that point, spent the best part of 13 years in the police where I worked on the front line um, and then I did my detective exams, joined um, CID um, in the police which is kind of your generic detective team uh, and then later on went to specialise into serious organised crime and then the murder squad Um, and I got to about 10 years in the police and decided that I wanted to do something different so uh, after a lot of research and doing some studying at home I arrived at pursuing a career in law and found myself at university. Such an interesting career history. Um, So what actually made you decide to pursue a career in commercial law? Uh, So really, uh, it would be fair to say that even when I was in secondary school, I was interested in being a lawyer. However, I don't think really anybody understands, you know, the, the, the nature of the industry or everything about the industry at that age. But um, as time went on, I always had sort of a background interest in business and entrepreneurship. And whilst I was in the police, uh, I sort of embarked on lots of little side ventures um, that, you know, silly little things like I, you know, I was involved in Bitcoin mining many, many, many years oh, ago wow. before 
before it was at the price it was today. Uh, shame I didn't keep those. <laughs> um, no. And I just, I, I, what I actually found was that um, I was quite interested at being at the at the forefront of kind of entrepreneurship and you know some uh, some anecdotes uh, i used to live with professional poker players uh, about 10 years ago back when there was a boom and that was quite wow. a lucrative uh, sort of i would say sector or industry to be involved with and um so that's kind of my background interest in business and entrepreneurship but i i guess what interest me quite specifically about commercial law is that there was an established path to becoming a solicitor within commercial law um, that being you go to university you hopefully secure an internship via a vacation scheme and then you can secure employment and that was something that was very important to me as somebody who was looking to change career because what I was looking for was certainty. Um, I, I actually worked part-time in the police while studying uh, at university because I wanted to make sure that I had my future employment before I left the police. That was something that was very important to me. Um, but in terms of the specifics about commercial law, um, from my understanding, from the outside, it, it was the area of law that seemed to be at the the cutting edge of law and focused on the business world. And um, that really aligned with my own interests in business itself. And when I dug deeper into the role of a commercial solicitor, it seemed to have the sort of skills that I developed whilst working as a detective. It, you needed to be able to problem solve. You needed to be able to think outside of the box. You needed to be able to work under pressure. So these were things that I thought um I would be able to bring to the role and if I you know, thought long and hard enough about my own experiences um, I would be able to describe those to recruiters and hopefully um, show myself to be a great candidate um, and you know something I'm certainly not afraid to say is that a, a career in commercial law for me seemed to be financially rewarding enough to risk leaving a successful career behind um, as a as a career changer uh, and to those that are listening um, you know I'm sure anybody who's thinking about changing career will have concerns about the financial obligations that they have and I don't think I could have justified to myself pursuing a career that was going to pay less money, for example. So that was another a key factor in pursuing a career in commercial law. Yeah, they're all really good points. And um, I think definitely people sometimes don't want to speak about the financial side of things, but I think it is actually very important, especially as a career changer. Um, you know, we've all got our bills to pay. So that is a realistic something that, that we do need to consider. So um, when you're actually in the police and you were thinking about making that jump to becoming a commercial lawyer what do you think the biggest challenge for you was um, when you actually decided to pursue that path and how did you overcome any challenges sure yeah and I and I I don't want to speak on behalf of all of those who are thinking about changing careers however I highly suspect that they will have the same concerns that I did so I mean the first challenge was how on earth do I change careers um when when you are well established in in the career that you've pursued for some period of time you you are very clear on the path of progression but you know i had absolutely no idea at the start how i could possibly leave and how i could possibly 
change careers. So um, that was my first question. The biggest hurdle to start off with was how do I change career? And really, I set about identifying how I could become a lawyer. And that involved looking at the qualifications that I needed um, and what I needed to do, what I needed to study, how I could possibly secure this type of role. And once I had an idea of that, then you can begin to kind of build a plan for yourself. So, I, I mean, it was absolutely clear that I needed to have a degree whilst there are other routes uh, to becoming a solicitor. That was the most established. Um, so the first thing that I did really was to to study at home just to see whether I enjoyed it or whether I could do it. Because um, if that was the case that I, uh, that I didn't, then clearly uh, that career path wasn't going to be for me. And then I guess once I got over that point, it was, well, okay, studying is something that I can do. But, um, you know, if I really get down to the nitty gritty, how how people become lawyers and, and what the most established path is, the sentiment to me seemed to be that you had a better chance of landing employment if you were at a good university. Um, yeah. Whilst people join um, various firms from various different universities. I wanted to give myself the best opportunity. So um, I kind of, when I was studying, I really, really tried hard to get the best results that I could um, and applied to the best universities that I could. So that was kind of the next hurdle that I had to overcome was getting into, into a good university. I guess, yeah, the, the next hurdle that I found was the studying itself. I, I did it all at home you really, really, really need to be motivated to to do that. Um, I, I, I'm sure you can speak on behalf of yourself uh, about, you know, having to study in the evening, yeah. having worked. It's very, very, very difficult. Um, and it really requires a lot of motivation. So I would say that um, a significant barrier there is is making sacrifices in your personal and social life to pursue that goal you know had to turn down social events I had to turn down holidays because I had to study you know and and that's just something that I've had to had to do Uh, but in the grand scheme of things it's not a big sacrifice if if you really really want to pursue an alternative career and it's you know in the grand scheme of things near a couple of years out of your life so that was kind of the next thing and then when it came to actually sort of getting into university it was you know I would say the final hurdle was the fear oh my god what happens if I go to university and I don't get a job oh my god what are my friends going to think when I finally tell them because I chose not to tell them at the time what if it all fails people looking at you and saying hang on you've got a career already why are you going to leave that behind why are you going to to do something completely different and you know, people think you're mad. <laughs> so you've got to be able to convince them to do that. But it does affect your own your own thoughts as well. And it puts doubt in your mind. So you really need to be confident in what you're doing. Um, but I would say, how do you overcome that? Well, it's just being committed, being motivated and having a plan to succeed. Brilliant. I could definitely echo some of the points that you said there, having to kind of give up or just say, no, I can't come to this event because I'm 
well for me it was writing applications and then it was just always the fear that you know what if I'm just writing these applications forever and I just don't ever get there but um yeah it's really good points I just want to ask off the back um of something that you said you mentioned that you studied um before you went to university was that a levels or did you do a different course yeah I did a different course so when I was looking you know, how do I get into university? And by the way, not ashamed to admit this. At first, I just started emailing universities and just saying, hey, I've worked in the police. Can I apply to be on your university course? And they were all like, absolutely not. <laughs> they, you know, they were like, you need to show some uh, some some recent study if we're going to accept you onto our course. And, and then that was kind of like, oh, my God, I actually I need to do a, uh, I need to do a course. So, um, yeah, at first I did look at doing A-levels at home. Um, but after doing a bit of research on the internet, uh, I found that there is a course called the Access to Higher Education course, which essentially gives you the equivalent of three A-levels, but through one year's worth of study in a specific area. Uh, and I think what that does is it um, it allows you to show your academic rigour uh, and whether you have academic study sort of um in you at that age but also yeah. um, whilst the course is shorter um and it does give you the equivalent of three a levels it, it affords you the respect um of your experience and time that you've had in the working world so yes whilst um i certainly did less work than what a levels were required i was able to obtain uh results equivalent to having studied three a levels so to those who are thinking about changing careers who do not have a levels like me and who did not go to college the access to higher education course was excellent for me and if you study it at a brick and mortar um institute I believe you can get a loan to cover the entire cost of the course, which will then be um, paid back by the government if you go to study at university. So it's, it's an absolutely excellent route. I myself, um, I studied online uh, via a provider and did it in the evenings, which was fine for me and that worked for me. So that's what I did to get into university. Brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. It's really useful um, information. Um, so let's move on now to actually applying for those training contracts. Um, firstly, congratulations on your training contract with Freshfields. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Um, so it's no secret that applying for training contracts and vacation schemes is difficult. So um, what do you think is key to writing a successful training contract or vacation scheme application as a career changer? Sure. OK, well, I'll start off by saying the first thing that you shouldn't do um and that is take the process for granted uh when i started thinking about uh, my route into uh, the legal profession i started in the first year and i could see that there were first year schemes uh available uh that provided a route into either a uh, having an internship via a vacation scheme or in some instances being offered a training contract and when I first started writing applications, I simply thought that my experience would carry me through the process uh, and I would be offered positions uh, in a heartbeat. I can absolutely assure you that's not the case. <laughs> right. So I really had 
to work on that. Um, and I think my first couple of applications that I wrote, which unfortunately, looking back, um, were the ones that were offering training contracts uh, directly from the first years, uh, were unsuccessful. So I really uh, took a step back and um, revisited how you can write successful applications. And I used all of the various resources out there. No doubt those who are listening are fully aware of them. But what I looked to do was identify the skills that the law firms were looking for, think about the experiences that I've had in my working and personal life, and then draft them in using the sort of conventional methods for structuring your answers, whether that be star or car. And that's something that I had not done a very 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 long time so um the key for me was starting early uh and writing your answers and revising them many 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 times and when you are revising them you, you know you need to ensure that there isn't a word wasted you need to be highlighting your skills and showing why they are translatable and i would say something that I struggled with at the start was really showing why I was going to be a great candidate. Uh, I think it's something perhaps we all struggle with. Um, it's very difficult to talk positively about ourselves, but um, that is something that came with practice and time. And you need to understand that, you know, some of these law firms are getting eight, 10,000 applications uh, for training contracts where they only have a fraction of that to give out. There are going to be people out there who are using um, the sort of words and phrasings to 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 make sure that they stand out and to show that their experiences are very grand and are the best. And that's something that you really need to get to grips with. But I would say specifically for a career changer, you have the opportunity to build a narrative about your application and that is something that you are going to have that's absolutely unique in comparison to the majority of applications that law firms get you can show a story that shows why you have arrived at this point in time why you are in front of the recruiter asking for a job and by building that narrative that is going to be much more persuasive and believable to the recruiter than simply saying i have gone to university i want to be a commercial lawyer here is why you know for me i was able to trace back my interest in business and the law stemming from the financial crisis because i lived through it and i was working through it and there were real world implications for me you know i had a pay freeze as a result of it so i became interested in it when is this going to end when am i going to get my pay rise in the police i was able to show this this story stemming back from them that that arrives at this point in the year 2020 where i'm applying for training contract and for me I felt that was persuasive and it showed a long held interest in the law and business. So if you can do that as a career changer, you can show that narrative and build that narrative. I think you're going to have an excellent opportunity at writing successful applications. Thank you. That's such great advice. So I think we've already touched on this one, actually, um, but perhaps not. Um, how did you use your previous experiences to sell yourself as a candidate during the um, training contract or vacation scheme application process? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think I did touch on it before, but just to reiterate, yeah. um, first, you need to understand the process 
and the applicants. You know, you need to show that you are a unique candidate, which, by the way, um, is going to make you stand out from the get go. I have lost count of the amount of times that I've been interviewed. And when I start to talk about my journey and my story, the recruiter sits up, their eyes open, and I can see that they're engaged because it's probably something that they haven't heard that day, that week or that month, um, which is a great opportunity for career changes. It, it means that they are listening to what you are saying. You are not simply saying that I've gone to college, I've gone to university and perhaps giving some more of you know the generic answers that they hear, whether they've been involved in the law society or sports teams, which, by the way, I, I, I don't undersell. It just gives you that opportunity to be saying something different that you are going to you're, you're going to have their attention, which is very, very important. And then at that point, that's when you can start to sell the quality of your experience. There is real substance to it. You've been in a workplace, you've achieved things and you are able to provide that to them. But the most important thing when you're doing that is to contextualize the experience and the evidence that you are offering. So it's no good for me to say to recruiters, oh, I have conducted investigations. They were serious investigations. We went to court, people were found guilty. It was a really good investigation. That means absolutely nothing. You need to break it down to the core components, identify the translatable skills, uh, those which are required to be uh, successful in the legal profession and then provide them to them. So rather than saying, I conducted investigations and then I took them to court, I can talk about the problems in the investigation, how I overcame them, how I thought outside of the box, how I came up with these solutions that had never been done before. Oh, and this actually relates to the work of a lawyer when often you are presented with problems that require solutions that often have never been solved before. When you can draw that tangible link and contextualize the experience, that is what is going to make you stand out. Definitely. I think um, it's really important, like you said, um, and something that I almost sort of fell into the trap of is um, thinking that I needed to be doing things like law clinics and, and pro bono stuff because I thought that's what recruiters were looking for. But actually, you know, shining a light on your more unusual experiences is definitely going to get recruiters' attention, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good point to make. Um, is there anything that you did to help set yourself up for success that listeners might be able to replicate? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw my entire time at university uh, as as really an opportunity to secure a training contract. So uh, I wouldn't say that I had a plan or that I had a roadmap, but I knew all of these kind of options that were open available to me. So at the very start, I would say to set yourself up for success, start early. That means going to events, going to open days, going to talks, research the process of becoming a solicitor barrister and look at the type of questions that are being asked of you. There, there are so many different resources out there on the internet this is all easily available to you. So for me, 
um i i think at lse we uh have like a, a careers section on the lse intranet and law firms would post or all of their talks that they were doing and you know the beauty of living in london and i'm not saying this is an option open to everybody but if you do live in london there was really no excuse why of an evening i couldn't just nip to the law firm and attend their talk that they were doing um and and it, going to those talks it, it allowed me to get an understanding of the legal industry what was going on in it but most importantly it gives you a, a, a tangible experience to talk about in your application that you're going to make, which is very, very important. And um, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that those who are listening have tried to write applications without ever, ever being to the law firm before. I've done it. It's very, very, very difficult. So um, that's something that's really, really good get yourself a timetable for applications you know identify what firms are rolling what firms are not rolling um identify the firms that you are interested in and then start writing your answers as early as possible for me you know i started applying in year one for first year schemes at the end of the day if i was unsuccessful that's no problem at all because at least i've got a base answer from which I can work on and revise and apply again in the next year. I've seen friends who who didn't do anything in the first year, didn't do anything in the second year and have set themselves the task of getting a training contract in their final year of university. It's not impossible, but they had to start from having no answers to any of the questions. And it was just very, very, very difficult. So the easy route really is to start early and that includes as well not only writing your answers but also developing um the you know the fabled buzzword in uh, commercial law and that being yeah. commercial awareness yeah. um, i'm not saying you need to read the economist every day or read the ft every day but i firmly believe that you can't cram commercial awareness you it's something for can't. me that took time and i'll be honest with you i had absolutely no interest in spending four hours reading the financial times every day but what i did do is on my commute to work every day 25 30 minutes i would listen to a podcast or two and slowly over time even through osmosis of just listening to things i slowly became um aware of what was going on and i thought you know what oh actually i started to link stories together so again just start that early you don't need to spend a week before an assessment center cramming the economist when you could just spend 10-15 minutes a day with a podcast um that would be my advice in regards to that and then um in term once once you've got past the application process when you get to assessment centers um if you want to be successful, for me, I would say you need to be both confident and relaxed, which is very, very, very difficult given that your future career is on the line. However, um, as a career changer, it is highly likely that you have gone through something similar to, to this in the past. You, you know, if you've worked in the past, you've definitely done an interview at some point. Um, for me, the police uh, do quite a similar recruitment process where you write an application you do an assessment centre, you are then interviewed. So um, it's something that I was familiar with. That didn't stop me being nervous. But, um, 
you know, I always approached assessment centres with a smile and to try and be relaxed as I could because, um, you know, you've been here before, you can do it and you just got to be confident in yourself. Fantastic. Um, I really like the advice, well, all of it, but specifically about starting early because for me, I know that when I was writing my applications, it took me ages to think of examples for comp- competency-based questions. I'd be thinking, when have I, you know, when is the time I've done this? And you know, it would take me ages to <laughs> It would take me ages to work it out and sometimes it'd take me up to a week and, and it wouldn't be until I'm like driving down the motorway somewhere. I think, bingo, I've got it. So uh. <laughs> It's not easy. It's not easy. And, um, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. Um, it, it does take time. And, and, you know, I was thinking to myself, I've got 13 years experience in the police. Yeah. How can I not think of something that I've done that shows this, ex- you know, all that? It's, 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 it requires a lot of thought. And actually, the, the earlier you start, the better. And carry a pen and paper round with you if anyone's listening, because honestly, for me, the experiences just sort of came to me when I wasn't trying to think. So it's, um, yeah. It's yeah, well, I, I would get my phone out and quickly write a note <laughs> on my phone about, yeah. oh my God, okay, I've just thought of something wild. Or you know what, actually, uh, this is slightly anecdotal. Um, I spend time with friends at university and they were, you know, they were very, very good with applications and such. And we would naturally just be talking about my life and what I'd done in the past. And all of a sudden they turn around and be like, Darren, oh my God, you need to write that as one of your answers for for your applications. And I'd never thought of writing anything like that before. But as it turns out, those sort of things turned out to be some of the stronger points in my application. So, um, you know, uh, those who are looking to change careers, who are going to study at university, um, do not neglect, you know, the relationships that you make at university, because, um, certainly without my friends they 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 made me a much better applicant I can absolutely assure you oh that's great um okay so what advice would you give to listeners who might be thinking about changing careers but not quite sure where to start or even how to start yeah so I mean first off you know research what you want to do um if you are somebody who's thinking about changing careers to become a lawyer uh, whether that be a solicitor or barrister Make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, look at what's required to be to be both. Um, think about what you need to do to get to that point. Uh, and then first off, decide whether you want to do it. Um, it's not easy. OK, um, the, the, the fear is real um, and trying, you know, no doubt those who are thinking about changing careers may have family children financial commitments in the form of mortgages loans etc these are things that are going to be weighing on your mind what i actually did is uh, when i so my main commitment at the time was a mortgage on a property and i knew that my mortgage was x and when i looked at my student loan it essentially covered my mortgage so i knew if i just got a student loan and I wasn't working, I could at the very least live under, you know, a house, <laughs> under a roof. So um, that was kind of, for me, the, one of the, the biggest concerns that I was able to sort out quite quickly. And I, I would encourage everyone to do the same. Um, the next is, if you are thinking about doing it, just do it, okay? Um, it's very, very easy to talk about um, wanting to change careers or, or being interested in it. 
but you know just crack on with it that what i wish i know i spoke about this camilla for years probably since i was about 26 27 um i i i wanted to to pursue an alternative career path but um it becomes so easy to put off and it becomes so easy to 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 put to the side because our lives are busy we have lots going on and who wants to go home and study in the evening after a long day of work yeah, I, probably not many people i certainly didn't want to do it so um yeah just cracking on and doing it but if you are thinking about it i would say start sooner rather than later because that's actually um my only regret okay. um to be honest with you but yeah if, <laughs> there are there are lots and lots and lots of resources out there on the internet for you um at the time i think my main resource was the mature um, students forum on uh the student room where there's a dedicated forum and uh, i arrived at that forum asking questions such as how can i study a levels at home and then all of a sudden people were like you don't need to study a levels at home to get into university you can just do an access course and it was like whoa 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 all of a sudden what the hell is this access course and people were like well okay look at this look at this there are lots of people out there who are willing to help you and still to this day i get lots and lots of messages on that forum asking about changing careers and access courses and such like that and you know it's surprising how many people out there who who would be willing to help you so um embrace all of that um sort of knowledge and resources that are out there to to assist you in your own sort of career change journey yeah i think it's really nice how people are so helpful i don't know if this is all industries but um from my experience you know changing careers myself i found people in the legal industry extremely helpful so um that's definitely a good thing about about going into law anyway um so my final question is there anything that you would have done differently if you could start the process all over again uh yeah i think i I maybe briefly mentioned it in my last question but if if i was going to do something differently i was started 10 years ago (laughs) and to anybody who's thinking about changing careers who's listening to this i bet this isn't the first time you thought about changing careers um i kind of there's probably like a staged process you know the first time you think about changing careers you think about changing careers the second time you think about changing careers you perhaps do a little bit of research about it you know a year passes by you think about changing careers again you've done a bit more research okay you've thought about oh how could i do this yeah this is probably something that goes through about five or six revisions it certainly did for me until you arrive at the point where you finally take the plunge and and do something um tangible and for me that was enrolling on a course that i had to pay for that i needed to study and if i didn't do it i was going to lose all that money you know so um that was kind of the first point but that took probably six to eight years for me to get to that point so i would say if i was going to do something differently at that very first point i felt that twinge of i want to change careers i should have just threw myself in it at the deep end researched everything and just cracked on because if i'd done that i would have been well established in my career my future career at this point um and i wouldn't be giving this uh, talk now <laughs> at, at my age i would have done it years ago so yeah, yeah um just just i would say crack on just do it then in, in the words of yeah life. yeah yeah just do it just do it because if you if you're thinking about doing it 
I mean, thinking about it is you're pretty much there already, mm. right? You know, if the thoughts in your mind, you just need to pull, you know, you know, pull the trigger and really go for it. So, um, and that involves doing something tangible. And then once you're on that path, you know, for me, once I'd signed up to that access course, I paid the money and I started studying. And then my tutor was saying, okay, we need to get university applications in. All of a sudden it was like, oh my God, I'm on the train tracks right now. We're heading towards university. And, you know, it's it's a train that I wanted to be on. I didn't want it to stop. So I, I rolled with it and, and that's how I got into university. If, you know, if I'd have just thought about it a bit more, it might have taken a bit longer, but actually, yeah, crack on. Definitely. I think it's always important to not have any regrets as well. So you don't want to be looking back in another 10 years time thinking, oh, I wish I just started it then. So um, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm absolutely certain um, for those who have successfully changed careers, they probably all say, you know, what? I wish I'd done it earlier. It's how yeah. I feel about university. I wish I'd done it earlier. But, you know. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. You've given so much amazing advice and insight into your journey. Um, honestly, I can't thank you enough. And, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in as well. Hopefully um, you found this helpful. And if you've got any questions, then, you know, connect with us on, on LinkedIn or do you have a LinkedIn that you mind sharing? Yeah, yeah. You can search for me, um, Darren Carey. Uh, I'm sure my name will be attached in the writing to the podcast, but it's basically Darren yeah. with an I, Carey with one R. Get lots of messages from people on LinkedIn. I have sat with people for hours on zoom calls helping them with assessment center prep with interview prep with career changing uh, advice um these are people that i would never met before uh, who just dropped me random messages if i've got the time i will help so certainly um for my and by the way uh, another anecdote for myself i reached out to career changers in the legal industry that i'd been put in touch with and i asked them for advice um before I knew it, I was in an office in a magic circle law firm with a career changer who was doing a mock interview for me, with me. Wow. He'd never met me before. So people are helpful. I also want to pay that back because yeah. um, I know how difficult it can be. So yeah, please, please do connect with me and I'll help in whatever way I can. hear more of the student lawyers podcast hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review if you would like to join the student lawyer as a writer please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com we'd like to thank felix knight for producing this podcast today